and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober. Encouraging believers to stand on the word of God. And motivating believers to be truth dealers with a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. Where no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I'm Brian Moon, and I'm sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. And the truth is God's word. And we know that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. Praise God. Welcome back. We're going to continue with part two of our Jesus is study where we're looking at a lot of the prophecies and fulfilled prophecies, types and shadows and things of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, who came at the appointed time, amen, and fulfilled his mission and fulfilled the law. And he is the fullness of all, everything, all in all. And we're just going to go right back. If you didn't hear part one, it's posted at truthdealer-radio.com. It's also on iTunes, Truth Dealer Radio, and you can find it on Blog Talk Radio as well. And in the first part, we we are trying to go somewhat in chronological order, but with Jesus Christ, you can't really do that because he always has been. There was never a time when there was no Jesus. There was an event when he was born of the flesh here on earth the incarnation of Jesus Christ, born of a virgin at the appointed time in Israel. All the fulfilled scriptures we talked about. But other than that, Jesus has always been. He is eternal. He is from everlasting, the scripture says. And as Jesus said to the scribes and the Pharisees, before Abraham was, I am, he said in John eight fifty eight, And... Today, I just want to pick up where we left off. When Jesus was young, he fulfilled a prophecy that was in Hosea 11.1. He was called out of Egypt. Now, Matthew chapter 2, it talks about how Joseph had a dream and the Lord showed him that he needed to run away from Herod because Herod was slaying all the children two years and younger to try and eliminate the Lord. He wanted to kill Jesus He'd heard about the king of the Jews, and he wanted to kill him, and he failed. But So Joseph was going to obey the Lord in this, so he did what God told him to do. Matthew 2, 14 through 15, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. Again, another amazing, miraculous, fulfilled prophecy that they probably didn't understand at the time. But God worked it all together to fulfill all these prophecies with specific meanings. 
In Matthew 2.23, Jesus is called a Nazarene. Okay, and it's it says it's a fulfillment of what was spoken of by the prophets. Matthew 2.23 reads, And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. And I want to read some of Matthew Henry's commentary on this. In this is said to be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene, which may be looked upon. Now, there, there's not, there is some, nobody's really positively sure which verse this is referring to, which prophecy this is referring to, but it, there's two or three different ways of looking at it, all of which are true. So I just want to go through them because it's a little bit deep. As a man of honor and dignity, Though primarily it signifies no more than a man of Nazareth, there is an allusion or mystery in speaking it, speaking Christ, to be the one, the man, the branch, spoken of. The word there is Netzar, which signifies either a branch or the city of Nazareth. In being denominated from that city, he is declared to be the branch, with a capital B. It's another prophecy that we referred to in part one. Two, it speaks him to be the great Nazarite, of whom the legal Nazarites were a type and a figure, especially Samson in Judges, and Joseph, who is called a Nazarite among his brethren, Genesis 49, 26, and to whom that which was prescribed concerning the Nazarites has reference in Numbers 6, 2, etc. Not that Christ was strictly a Nazarite, for he drank wine, touched dead bodies, but he was eminently so, both as he was singularly holy and as he was by a solemn designation and dedication set apart to the honor of God in the work of our redemption, as Samson was to save Israel. And it is a name we have all reason to rejoice in and to know him by, or as a name of reproach and contempt. To be called a Nazarite was to be called a despicable man, a form of whom no good was to be expected, and to whom no respect was to be paid. The devil first fastened this name upon Christ to render him mean and prejudice people against him, and stuck as a nickname to him and his followers. Now this was not particularly foretold by any one prophet, but in general it was spoken by the prophets, that he should be despised and rejected of men. Isaiah 53, verse 2 and 3. A worm and no man. Psalm 22, 6, and that he should be an alien to his brethren. Psalm 69, 7, let no name of reproach for religion's sake seem hard to us. When our master was himself called a Nazarene. Just a lot there to think over and cover. And if you want to look those verses up and compare those descriptions of the Nazarene, it's a good study. But certainly... The town of Nazareth, the significance, the man of sorrows, the man of suffering, despised and rejected among men, nothing much to look at as it also talks about basically nothing to be desired upon, physically speaking. Isaiah 53, 2 says, He hath no form nor comeliness, and and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him as 
he was despised and we esteem him not. Jesus was rejected. And he also was a fulfillment of the type of the Nazarene who had vowed unto God, except Jesus didn't fail. He didn't fall into sin. He was tempted in all ways likewise as we are, but he never sinned. So praise the Lord. The next point we're going to look at is that Jesus Christ was spirit-filled and anointed from birth. Luke two forty-six through 47. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. I mean, Jesus had authority even as a young person. He was schooling them. He was telling them about God, his father. And he told his mother and Joseph, why didn't you look for me here? Didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? And he was obviously not talking about Joseph's business. He was talking about God. Praise the Lord. And I believe those those teachers and those people he was talking to, they very well could have been there at his fake unjust trial years later when they accused, falsely accused Jesus Christ and sentenced him to crucifixion. Some of those same people could have remembered and known who he was. They could have had their eye on him for a long time. Because, again, the whole thing that happened with Herod, he killed all the children. What a major event. And the people that came talking about the king of the Jews had been born, the Messiah had been born. These people weren't ignorant of that. I'm sure they heard about that. And I'm sure that they heard in the temple the old woman and the old man that prophesied in front of many that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the son of the Virgin, and they they declared by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was the Messiah, right in the temple there, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 25 onward here, it says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And as we talked about in the first part of this series, Christ is a title. It means Messiah. So this this man knew he was going to see the Messiah with his own eyes before he died. And the Holy Ghost was upon him and revealed to him. Verse 27, And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed the child and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, 
and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Aser. And she was of a great age, and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise to the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Praise God. I mean, that was that was a major event. And I'm sure there were those there that heard these things that Simeon and Anna testified of by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. When we come back, we're going to discuss John the Baptist, the prophecies regarding him and his role in preparing the way for announcing the ministry of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. We'll be right back on Truth Dealer Radio. Truth Dealer Radio is listener supported. If you are led to support this ministry, there is a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com. Since 2016, KJV Prepper has been providing quality, original Christian apparel and gear that will witness to non-believers and encourage believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. All designs are original and all apparel is printed here at the KJV Prepper Workshop in beautiful upstate New York. Visit KJVPrepper.com for effective Christian apparel, worn to worn. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. Now, in the Old Testament, there was prophecy in Isaiah 40 that declared that a major prophet of God would announce and prepare the way for the Messiah. And Isaiah 40, verse 3 says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Amen. Now, when John the Baptist had been born, his father, Zacharias, spoke these words by the Holy Spirit. Luke 1, 76 through 77. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Praise God. In Matthew chapter 3, 1 through 3, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Esaias, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Amen. So this is, no doubt, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 40. The one crying in the wilderness. He was literally out in the wilderness. He dwelled with camel's hair and he wore strange garments and he was out there baptizing the people of Jerusalem, the people of Israel, the Jews. 
and telling them to repent and and be baptized for the remission of sins. Now, that baptism of water was not going to forgive their sins. It was to prepare their heart for the baptism that Jesus was going to bring by fire, the Holy Spirit. He told them, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you, I mean, it was a preview. Amen. He was preparing the soil for what they were going to be coming face to face with Jesus Christ and his teachings. Amen. And having the, the opportunity to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, the son of God. And he even had the honor of recognizing Jesus. And he said, behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. I mean, this man was a major prophet. He was, he was the most blessed. Um, Jesus called him. Let me tell you what Jesus said about John the Baptist. Matthew eleven nine through 11. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So that's right there. Jesus confirmed John the Baptist was the fulfillment of that prophecy. It's another proof that Jesus is the only person who could be the Messiah, the chosen Messiah of God, the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, the Lamb of God, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world for our sins, seated at the right hand of God right now. He died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day in fulfillment of the scriptures, and he ascended into heaven. He's seated with God and he's going to come back and judge the earth. And, you know, this is all here for us. God so loved us, he sent his only begotten son. And he's warning us, he's warning you. If there's people there who don't know Jesus, this is why I'm doing these programs, to let you know who he is. He's not just some fancy teacher. He's not just some fool. He's God. And he doesn't play games. And he wants you to repent and believe the gospel and worship him. He's worthy of worship. He has all power in heaven and earth. He told that to his disciples before he raised back up into heaven. And they saw him go up into the clouds. These are all Jews who believed on him first. It's another thing that gets misrepresented. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He came to the Jews. He came to the house of Israel first. And those are the first people who got saved. Amen? And that in itself is another fulfilled prophecy. Romans chapter 11, 26. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. He came to the Jews. He redeemed some from each tribe, most likely. In those groups, those people that got saved in the first years. That's his fulfilled promise. Faith in him makes us the, the heirs with Abraham of, of the faith. Amen. Romans chapter 4, 13 on here, for the promise 
that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Verse 23 through 25, Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Praise God. It's only by faith in Jesus, okay? And we are made partakers with the nation of Israel by faith. It's the same faith Abraham had. He believed God. He believed what he said. And he fashioned his works after belief in God. He believed God and he did what God asked him to. And by faith, he was justified. It's the only way to have your sins forgiven by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the Messiah. He's God. And he wants to forgive you. So I'm just, you know, this is it's a very, very deep subject, very important subject. There's still so many people who don't know about Jesus. I think a lot of Christians take it for granted. They think that most people know about Jesus and they just ignore it or they don't want anything to do with it. In this world, mostly what they know about is superheroes and Oprah and a bunch of other garbage mixed in between, whatever they see on TV. They don't know what the Bible says about the Lord. We have to take that message to them. That's why Jesus told us to go and preach repentance and belief in the gospel and make disciples and teach them what he taught. Because people don't, they don't, they're not born knowing that. What they're born is in sin. And they, yeah, they don't want to turn away from the darkness to the light, but they need to be called. It's by God's grace. He sends us to call and tell the truth. The truth sometimes hurts. When a doctor tells somebody there's something wrong, it's not because he thinks it's going to make him have a better day. But if he hides the truth from him, that's worse. You need to deal with the truth, come to the Lord, deal with him on his terms he made you. He made you. And he gave us the Bible. His word has the truth in it that you need to know. So don't reject the truth just because you don't like what it says. If somebody tells you you're sick and you need some medicine, ignoring it is not going to help you get better. Your cure, the cure for your death, eternal death in hell because of your sin is Jesus, faith in Jesus. And Jesus Christ alone can forgive sins. Amen. He's the only name by which 
man can be saved. Faith in him. Acts 4 verse 12 tells us, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. 1 Timothy 2, 3-6 says that God our Savior will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Amen. Ephesians 1, 21 says, Far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. There is no higher than Jesus Christ. That's his name. Is His name is magnified even above God's word. That's the name you call on when you need to be saved. And you've been told, and you've been warned, okay? And we're going to continue these studies more about prophecy, more about Jesus's life, his ministry, his his miracles. And I was thinking last week too, actually about, I mentioned about some of the miracles as if the, the healing, the, the blind and raising the dead and everything were just the miracles. But I mean, every fulfilled prophecy that we're talking about is a miracle that God performed through Jesus Christ. Every time Jesus did not sin, is a miracle. His very incarnation, his very holy life was a miracle. Every minute of it. And he laid down his life for you and for me. He didn't deserve to be killed. He didn't deserve to be sacrificed on the cross. All right? He did it on purpose because he loves you and me. He did it on purpose. John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And verse 16, Jesus said, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There again, praise God. It isn't just only about a fleshly bloodline of the Jews. Jesus came to save the world, the sins of the world. And we are those other, those Gentiles, those of us that are Gentiles, like me, I'm an Irishman that got saved. I'm part of that other fold. We are all grafted in, amen. Brought in, brought in under the blood of the Lamb, amen. Saved, redeemed, called out by the Savior into his fold. So give God the glory. If you're saved today, make sure you thank God for his son, Jesus Christ, and what he went through on that cross and for his word and his teachings that give us hope and that help us to live and walk by faith, to walk in the light and that free us 
from the bondage of sin, for his Holy Spirit that he sent. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I go away to make a place for you. I'm going to come back, but I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. And he's always with us. Amen. So just give glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've ever done, that you always have loved us. And I just want to thank you for listening. Tune in again next time. God bless you and be strong. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com. You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening.